Hello and welcome. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. Download our mobile app so you can keep on top of everything. We've got all of our uh, teachings on there. There's a free digital Bible so that you can follow along with our studies uh, today and also always have God's Word in your pocket. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Again, we don't want you to miss anything. And uh, if you leave comments and you interact, it helps us to move up in the algorithm <clears throat> excuse me, and see and get in front of more people. And really, that is uh, the goal, right? To get God's word in front of the world because we know that God's word changes everything. The gospel changes everything, right? All the things that we have going on in the world, uh, you turn on the news, you, you take a look at all the events that happen each and every day, and you got to think to yourself, the gospel in that person's heart would have changed that situation. Man, I, I know all of us can testify that the love of Jesus has changed us all, and that's really what we're aiming for, right, is to spread that. So we are in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, and uh, we're getting toward the tail end of this here. And the cool thing about this chapter is that we see Jesus putting his authority into action, right? We just went through a long teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, and and he Jesus is talking about kingdom principles, but what he's now doing is he is exhibiting the power that comes from operating in the kingdom of God. And what is he doing? He's going to the countryside. He's preaching the good news, but he's also displaying his power through healing and deliverance. And what we've gleaned so far in this chapter, when he approached the leper, and the leper said, are you willing? And the leper had every right to consider whether or not Jesus was willing because nobody was willing to help the leper, but Jesus was. And the centurion, right, who connected with Jesus on the road and said, You're not, I'm not worthy to have you come into my house, but you could just say a word and my servant at home would be healed. And what we have garnered from all of this is that Jesus is willing. God is willing to meet you right where you are in whatever state that you're in. And I don't mean Kentucky or New York. I mean, whatever like physical, whatever state you're in, you could be incredibly downtrodden. You could be depressed. You could be suicidal. You could be in the middle of sin and lust. You name it. You are never too dirty for God to come and put his hand on you, put his arm around you. Amen. And what we see is crowds surrounding Jesus and a lot of excitement. I mean, think about it for a second. You know, he's talking to Romans. He's healing people from afar. He's laying his hands on lepers. This is getting a lot of attention in the region at this time. So you would have to imagine there's a lot of enthusiasm following Jesus. I mean, people are stopping their day and 
you know, following him around. He's drawing people onto himself. And then we see some of this enthusiasm. And right, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon all the time. And hey, this is a good bandwagon to jump on, to, to be honest. There's no better one out there, right? To jump on the bandwagon of Jesus. It's what we're asking people to do all the time. It's what we're inviting everyone to do. To join us in the journey that is following Christ here on earth. And that's what a Christian is, right? A follower of Christ. But you see that as glamorous as the miracles seemed to be, that there is also sacrifice along with this type of walk. And that's where we hit on today because Jesus has people coming up to him and saying, I'm it. I love what you're doing. I'm in. And Jesus is sharing with them that there is a cost associated with discipleship. Let's read. We're in Matthew chapter eight, starting with verse 18 through, and we're going to go through 22 today. My folks at home will just let me know whether or not we can see the words on the screen. We had a problem for the last few days. Yesterday was good. Thank the Lord. Hopefully we got it fixed, but I'm just going to read it through. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Now in ministry, there's a, we chuckle about this because, you know, typically uh, when someone says, I'm with you forever, that's, uh, that's an interesting sign. You know, uh, remember what you do speaks so loudly that what you say, I cannot hear. That was uh, the words of a, a mentor of mine in the past. Right. And a lot of times people say that and it's not it's really it's, uh, to me. I've seen it's the people. It's like, all right, well, what, what needs to get done that uh, I see them sticking around. Right. But a teacher of the law, a scribe comes up and says, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go, wherever you go. I'm there. So Jesus says, OK, all right. Well, let me tell you what this is going to cost. And the great Charles Spurgeon, I was reading some of his commentary on this. He brought up, uh, and again, speculation, but he said, maybe this person who was a scribe, a teacher of the law. Remember, these were supposed to be the individuals that knew the word in and out. These were the individuals that if that you should be able to go to them and say, hey, the prophecies about the Messiah, when we see the Messiah, what's he going to look like? And so many of the scribes, and the chief priests and those who really all of Israel was under their spiritual care. They were the ones that missed who Jesus was. But this one seems to kind of get it right. And he says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And that is of course, something that is probably pretty easy to do when you see this man walking around, laying his hand on lepers and, and all of a sudden, you know, sores and scales falling off and people being healed and restored. Like, wow, I want, I want in on this. And Spurgeon, this is what I was getting at. Spurgeon said, being a scribe, he probably looked around at the people surrounding Jesus and says, oh man, this guy's surrounded by a bunch of fishermen, surrounded by tax collectors, surrounded by the worst of the worst. Ah, I tell you what, I can come in here. I could, I could shape this place up. Me and Jesus will do this whole thing. Now, again, total speculation. 
But you can see stuff like that happening. You see that in, at w the workplace. You see that in ministry, right? Oh, I've, you know, I've, I, I've been a pastor for this long or I've done this. That's great. That's great. Let's go. Let's go. Let's move forward with the mission. So Jesus replies to him and he says this. He says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And what does Jesus mean by this? Does it mean that he was poor, destitute, that he had nothing? No, not the case at all. Not at all. But what he's saying is, is that if you want to follow me, I'm always moving. I'm never settling. And one of the sacrifices to following me is going to be the sacrifice of your comfortability. See, we like to know where our next meal is coming from. Of course. Of course. And most of the times we do. But are you willing to follow God no matter what? Because if you remember back from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, don't worry about where you're going to get your food. Don't worry about where you're going to get your clothes. God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the fields. He clothes the fields even more glamorously than he ever clothed Solomon, the richest man that ever existed. So if he takes care of these things, don't worry about it. The challenge, that, that is, that it's one thing to read that and amen that. But how are we looking on the inside when it comes to not worrying? How are we looking on the inside with our willingness to be uncomfortable for the advancement of the kingdom of God? Because when, you know, at, at, at when everybody is praising and, you know, people being healed <clears throat> and all this, all these miracles are going on super easy. But what about when you have to pick up and leave and go to the region? At Sound of Heaven, I'm in the middle of a, uh, uh, and I'm finishing out the final week of a, of, uh, of a sermon series on Joseph. And one of the awesome things about Joseph and how he was a good father, he was willing to do whatever it took. And that meant when he was comfortable, but there was danger, picking up his entire family, uprooting his entire life and, and moving, and then coming back. And this week, we're going to talk about how, you know, as a good father, he also had to step aside. He was willing to do the things that were uncomfortable. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says, foxes have dens, birds have nests. I don't have a place to lay my head. I got to keep moving. And that, we don't, I mean, we don't hear about this person again. So whether or not he followed Jesus, wherever he went, I'm suspicious of that. I don't, I don't, I see no proof that he did. So maybe he did, maybe he didn't, probably didn't. Very similar to when we get to the point of the rich young ruler, right? I'll do anything. Look at all the stuff I've done. All right, we'll sell your stuff. Not willing to do that. What boundaries, what comfortability in your life exists that you're not willing to give up? no matter what it takes, because that's sometimes the cost of discipleship. But what we fail to realize is that anything that we give up, if you remember, but I'm not sure if we went through this or not yet, but there's a, there's a period in scripture where 
they they are uh, where the disciples are going to Jesus and saying saying look I've given up all these things and and Jesus says basically nobody has given up anything that will not be returned and multiplied back to them paraphrased but we anything that we give up for God is well worth it remember in the sermon on the mount he tells us to store up treasures not on earth where things rust, things get destroyed, things get stolen, but to store up treasures in heaven. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to sacrifice the comfortability of today to live a life of purpose? Let's finish out this section here. And another disciple comes up to him and says, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me. And let the dead bury their own dead. You want to talk about extreme. Now, chances are that the father wasn't dead already. He was saying, let me go back to my household and, you know, let me take care of my father the rest of the days of his life. You know, but either way, either way. You know, we're so concerned about the things that sometimes we can't control. And and here's why I, I... believe that Jesus is just laying out like, hey, if you really want to go with me and do what needs to be done today, you are going to have to prioritize the things of the kingdom over the things of the the world, even some of the things that you hold most dear. And this is not a message that everyone's like, woo, because we want our cake and eat it too. But again, you are on this earth for a finite amount of time. And you're with God for all of eternity. We have a small window of time to make an impact that will last beyond our life. We will we'll, we'll leave a legacy. So Jesus lays out some extreme things in the way of being uncomfortable. Are you willing to keep it moving? Or you want to settle and be comfortable? Because those that followed Jesus, yes, there were times of uncomfortability, but they lived a life of extreme purpose. They turned the whole world upside down. They changed generations of people. And for those of you who labor with us in ministry, you know that there are some late nights. There are times where you'd love to have your feet up and Netflix and chill, but somebody needs you. Somebody's in the hospital. Somebody's suicidal. Somebody's in crisis. And it's not the easiest thing to do. But you go. You go. And scripture says that we love. Why? Because he loved us first. Jesus always set the example. And he changed the world. And I know this from many of you that are on the live stream. I know this from many of you that listen to this podcast and message me that you too want to be a world changer. Well, you can't do that in comfortability. Yes, you have to have times of rest. You have to have have times of refreshing. And I pray that over you. I pray that when you are in need of refreshing, that God will give you that opportunity and you will take it. But there's got to be a willingness on the inside to at times get out of your comfort zone and go to places that sometimes that you don't want to go 
so that you can make the impact in this world that God wants you to make. So sometimes set aside the things that you can't control, but doggedly just go after and change the things that you can. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice, everybody listening here on the live stream, everybody listening on all the platforms. Father, I pray that you just put a hunger inside of them, Lord God, to pursue you at all costs, even when it's uncomfortable. Make that decision today. Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone to live a life of purpose for the kingdom of God? I believe that you say yes to that. I believe that you say yes to that. Because if you follow Jesus, you won't be disappointed. And when you hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. When people talk about you, they'll talk about the impact that you made on this earth. Father, thank you for giving us that opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day and then we head out to do some amazing stuff with the ama- with, re- with the remaining 99%. I love you guys. We're going to be uh, taking a couple days off and we're going to kick it off and finish Matthew chapter 8 early next week. Have a great day.